0: We can all remember days in our lives that everything seemed to change, can't we? It's uh, a time when we remember where we were in that moment. We can maybe remember some of the details of that moment. We might even remember some of the emotion that we felt in that moment. But somehow everything from that day forward just felt affected and it felt different. One of the most obvious ones that I think we're all uh, tired of living and tired of talking about is that day uh, about a year ago when everything started to shut down and everything started to settle into this reality that this pandemic was going to affect every single one of us and it has all over the globe. It's changed our lives from that day forward. Maybe that day was a day that you received the devastating news of a diagnosis of someone that you loved or maybe even for you yourself. And how every day from that day forward has never been quite the same and it's changed you in one way or another. Maybe it was that day that you brought home your first baby and you walk into the door of your house and then the reality of it starts to settle in and you just kind of think, oh my, what now, right? Or maybe for others it was that day that you learned that you lost your baby. For some it was when you graduated from college or university For others, it was maybe that day that you got your first job. Uh, For others, maybe it was a day of baptism and of you giving your public declaration of faith, even as we're going to hear about today. I've had a number of those days that started to change the course of my life. I remember, and I'll never forget that day about 32 years ago, that I reached under the seat of my 1983 VW Scirocco and I grabbed the ring box that had been under there for three weeks. And it was the day that I was going to ask Lisa to marry me. And she said yes. And everything changed from that day forward. For most of us, one of those days is September 11th, 2001. And we remember that day when these planes flew into the World Trade Center buildings. And it changed the way that we fly. It changed the way that we view global conflict. It changed a lot of things in our world that day. For many people, they Remember the day when the Berlin Wall started to come down and it started to be dismantled and all of the things and the motions that that symbolized for so many people. For others, it might be the day that JFK was shot. For others, it was the day when George Floyd died trying desperately to breathe, all captured on video for the world to see. For others, that day might have been the first time that humans walked on the moon. And for others, it was something else. For you, maybe it was something else. But we all have our days like that, don't we? Those days that marked us, those days that defined us, those days that changed the course of how we view uh, the world, the, the way that we even view our own lives in some ways. And some of those days and those memories are light and they're fun and they're full of joy. And other of those days are dark and heavy and they just feel very weighty. And other of those days just feel very confusing and in some ways immobilizing in our lives. But we all have them, those days where everything just seemed to change. Today marks one of those days. In fact, today marks the day that the world changed more than any other day in the course of history, more than any of the events that I mentioned, more than any of the experiences or the days that you or I might identify in our lives, whether they're joyful things and great things that happened or whether they're deep, dark, and heavy things that have happened in our lives. But today marks the day that the God of the universe who created all things, who entered into this world as a little baby, who came and became flesh to become one of us, who willingly went to the cross and died for our sins, and then rose from the grave overcoming death that we might all have life, and put a stamp or an exclamation mark on his kingdom in a way that was unmistakable. Defeating the kingdom of darkness and overwhelming it with the kingdom of light. This was the ultimate victory, and it changed the world. But not all the world has recognized it. For those of you who are believers and followers of Jesus, this, this day is the day that changed everything. This day is the day that is the foundation of your faith. And for some of you, if you are here today or watching On live stream and you are maybe skeptical or you have many questions uh, about this day it's fair it's understandable and I would encourage you to examine the historical event examine the claims of Jesus consider what he says about himself and what this day might mean for you as well and even ask the question that the people in Jerusalem did so many thousands of years ago when all the events surrounding this day they were asking this question like who is this Jesus like who is he that he is claiming To be who he is. It's the most important question that you can actually ask in your search for faith and for truth. Jesus has withstood the scrutiny of 2,000 years of countless doubts and questions and allegations and they're fair questions and they deserve pursuit of an answer. And I know that in a few moments that I have, I can't adequately answer that question for you, but... What I can do is highlight some of the proclamation of people that were there, that were eyewitnesses to this event, who saw it firsthand, who encountered the living Jesus, and who recorded it so that we could read it through the course of history. And I can also give personal testimony to the impact of this Resurrection Day and the implications for my life and how Jesus is real and has changed my life and is the foundation of my faith. You know, for me, I had the beginnings of my faith instilled in me by my parents, and growing up in the church that I grew up in. But then it was in the summer of 1984 in a camp in BC where I encountered Jesus in a way that changed my life from that day forward. And I can honestly say that it changed the trajectory of my life. It changed in terms of what I saw was important to me. It changed in terms of the career choices that I made. It changed in terms of how I wanted to be as a husband and how I wanted to be as a father. It changed how I viewed the world, it changed how I lived my life, and how I actually viewed death. And that is the power of the gospel story. It is very personal and very intimate, changing one life at a time. And so what I want us to see today is that, that this event, the resurrection, started a movement that became the church, that was eventually recorded and documented by people who were fueled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, which eventually became our Bible, And it was a day that changed everything, and it's on this day that our faith in Jesus is built. And if you think about it, even the Bible itself isn't the foundation of our faith as much as what it points to, as it points to the person of Jesus Christ and this resurrection event that is the foundation of our faith. And so Jesus is the focal point of the kingdom as a resurrected Savior. I want to read this text again in Matthew 28. And just encourage each one of us to immerse ourselves in this text and allow it to speak to us again. Maybe it's a text that is familiar to us. Maybe it is something that is fairly new. But listen to the story of God on this Resurrection Sunday. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know that you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee and you will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Well, the women, they ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but they were also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. And as the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. And they told the soldiers, you must say this, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you don't get into trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. And their story spread widely among the Jews. And they still tell it today. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. And Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this, this is an event that is marked by extravagant, self-sacrificing love of a living king willing to die for his beloved. It's not a a victory that is overcome with war and weapons and battle, but it's a, a victory that is very different and marked very differently by a loving Jesus who died for us. And in this statement, Jesus gives a declaration of, of power and authority that is, is quite remarkable. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority, he says. It's quite a statement. How do we know this to be true? I mean, well, first of all, he's the one who predicted his own death and resurrection and then went about to make it happen. And someone who has that kind of authority, Ability to make those things happen has some pretty incredible authority, unlike anything the world has ever seen. What's interesting is that the book of Matthew, as Matthew was recording these events, he he recorded three times where Jesus told his disciples that this was going to happen, that he was going to die and that he was going to rise again. Three times in his gospel he wrote about that. And, And Jesus told them. And one commentator says this, even though they were still surprised at this. He says, it's rather surprising how surprised they were. We should expect someone within the group to have remembered what he said and say, hey, isn't this Sunday morning? Didn't he say that after three days that he will, I will rise again? And today would be that day, wouldn't it? Why don't we go over to the tomb and, and go and see if it's true? But nobody said that. They, they still seemed surprised. It didn't happen. Instead, two women disciples went to the tomb to go have a look, but they too seemed surprised. The guards were not only surprised, but it says how they shook with fear and fell into a dead faint. I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds very intense. This day seemed to hold surprises for everyone. Jesus, in fact, changed the way that people viewed women in that time. As they were the first ones invited to come and see the evidence of what wasn't in the tomb, a body. The first ones to come and see what isn't here, that Jesus has risen, the empty tomb. Then they were the first ones to see the resurrected Jesus as they went out and on their way. And Jesus is the one who tells them to go and tell. It's like Jesus gave them a great commission before he gave the great commission to the rest of them. And he says, go and tell. And so they were the first ones to respond to this great commission of Jesus. And they go to the 11, and they go and tell. And as you read the Matthew account, it's almost like the only ones who weren't surprised were actually the chief priests and the elders. It's almost like they were expecting or ready for something like this, and they were prepared, and they got this alternative gospel story already, and they, they told the guards to start spreading this fake news that it was the disciples who came in the night and stole his body. But do you know the very fact that we're reading this account in Matthew's Gospel a couple of thousand years later, tells us which story took hold. It tells us which story was believed, which story was proven to be true after centuries of scrutiny and questions and all kinds of allegations and things that are thrown at it, everything that the world has to offer. And the fact that we too can give witness to this, we too can give witness to this transformative story in our old lives, tells us that those first disciples, they were faithful. They actually did what they were commanded. They did the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations, and we are some of those nations. And literally around the world today, nations are proclaiming the name of Jesus because of their faithfulness. And it started with the two Marys, joined by the 11 remaining apostles, and the movement began. And the greatest story ever lived became the greatest story ever told. And it changed the world. You know, I can remember the day that I was told the news that my dad had died about a year and a half ago in August, and Lisa and I had just been in Calgary, and we had the opportunity to speak with him and to say goodbye, and it was just a few short days later that I was in my workshop, and I got the call, and I remember playing that song by Mercy Me that many of you are familiar with and also love, and it's called I Can Only Imagine, and it's this song of when we die and first encounter the living Jesus for the first time. And I remember playing that song over and over again in my workshop, worshiping God through tears and thinking about what it must be like for my dad to meet Jesus face to face. And you know, when we embrace the truth of the resurrection and place our hope in it, it changes, again, how we live and it changes how we die. I've sat with many individuals and many families over the course of many days walking through the emotions and realities of death. And this event is a game changer. The resurrection of Jesus is a game changer. I've observed individuals who are facing death and the imminence of it, and they have no fear because they believe in what lies beyond because of Jesus. And people who are walking through situations in their lives that are so difficult and so hard and so unexplainable, but they walk with courage and perseverance and faith, because of this event. It changes them. It started with the two Marys, and then it goes on to these 11 disciples that were timid and doubting and denying, and they were fearful, and they suddenly became bold in their faith, and they had a hope that was unexplainable, and they had a joy that didn't come from their circumstances, but came from this resurrected Jesus and everything that he promised, and they lived their lives with great expectation. I mean, just listen to how Peter the Apostle Peter begins his letter to the early church. He had gone through that time of denying Jesus and being more timid and kind of wondering and doubting and working through that. And then after the resurrection, after encountering this Jesus, it changes him. He goes from one who is kind of cowering in the shadows to one who is declaring his faith boldly and encouraging the church. And so his letter to the church, he starts it this way. And just listen to the joy in his heart and in his, in his words as he says this. All praise to God The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and, and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ Jesus is revealed to the world. Apparently in the original language, there's no... Grammatical marks in that text. It's like it's this one long run on sentence. And it's like a kid when a kid has seen something and now wants to go and tell their parents what they've seen, and it's something just remarkable and exciting, and a kid is so excited, they go to tell their parents, and they can hardly breathe because they just get it all out in one sentence, and it says, then they take a big gasp of air at the end. And it's like Peter did that here as he's writing this to the church, and he says, Do you understand this? Do you get what this, the difference that this makes? It's a story of transformation. Remarkable for Peter. It changed him. It changed his faith. It changed how he encouraged others. And so this one event, this resurrection of Jesus Christ, began a movement which became the church. And it was a day that the disciples, they first really began to see and believe who Jesus was and what it was all about. This was the day that he also gave them the greatest commission that anybody has ever been given, that is given to us as the church to carry on in this world as well. That we as followers of Christ are to continue to proclaim this truth and tell this story and live out this reality. As he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the impact of this church that was started in that moment last, has lasted all this time since Jesus uttered these words. And if all of this was based on a lie, if all of this was actually did not happen, wasn't real, it would have never survived all these years. Those first disciples would have never given their lives for a lie. But they were willing to give their lives because they saw it was real. They saw the living Jesus, the one who declared that he would die and rise again, and he did it. And they saw him, and it changed them. These disciples, they went from skeptical followers to unfollowers at the crucifixion to completely sold-out followers after the resurrection, willing to give their lives for this because of the reality of this event. And so the movement that became a church continues to this day. And although, although the kingdom of God is more than the church, the kingdom of God is most definitely the church The people of God as the central component. And yes, for sure, the church has painful chapters in its story. There's no doubt about it. But it's because of the now and not yet aspect of the kingdom. It's because we are sinful and broken people still trying to figure out how to be kingdom people. And the church needs Jesus just as much as the world does. But the bride of Christ, the church, prevails. Jesus continues to invite us to believe and to join him in his mission. Because of who he is and because of his authority, not because of who we are and our authority. And when the church gets it right, and when we focus on this resurrected Jesus, it changes lives everywhere. I mean, just listen to Paul. We talked about Peter, but listen to the Apostle Paul who went as someone who was the most opposed to this movement, who was actually trying to destroy the church and its mission at its earliest beginning and he encounters Jesus and it changes him and he becomes the the greatest church planter and evangelist that has ever been known. And it was the reality of this resurrection that marked him. We don't have time this morning to read through all of 1 Corinthians 15, but, but read that one chapter which is all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and Paul goes on to explain, here's the implications of what it means. Here's the impact that it has. Here's why this is so important. And he says in 1 Corinthians 15 that, that Jesus, when he rose from that, he, he appeared to Peter. Then he appeared to the other disciples. Then he appeared to over 500 other people. And then he appeared to James, Jesus' earthly brother, which I think is interesting that he singled him out. It's almost like well, if James, Jesus' brother, believed that he was a resurrected Savior, the brother believes that, there's something real going on here. And then Paul says, and then he revealed himself to me as well. And I am the least of the apostles. And Paul says, I saw him too. And it marked them, It changed him. And he goes on in that chapter. He says, if the resurrection didn't happen, my faith is pointless. Your faith is pointless. My preaching is in vain and we should all be pitied. But if it's true... It has the power to change lives everywhere. And in Colossians, where Paul is writing to the early young church in Colossae, and he's encouraging them in their faith, and he's giving testimony and encouraging them in the way that they are living out their faith in very real ways, and he says it this way. He says, We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. And this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world, and it is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You see, the gospel is a story And it's the story of God, the most remarkable story. And it's a story that every one of us is invited into. But the pinnacle of this story, the foundation of this story, the hinge point on which all of history swings in this story, call it whatever you like, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The day that everything changed in the lives of those who believe and follow. And so the question for you today is will you allow it to change yours? I want to invite the worship team, if they would come up, and they're going to lead us in just a moment in a song that tells this story in a really beautiful way. And as they lead us and as we sing this song and as we worship the resurrected Savior together, I pray that you would allow these words to speak to you, that they would be almost like a prayer for you as they frame this story for us in a very personal and powerful way. Let's pray together. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you. That when we sit in darkness without hope and without light, that you are a God who comes running with mercy, love, and grace. You reveal a kingdom that is here and one that is still coming in its fullness. Help us to see it and live into it. Lord Jesus, you came to find and reconcile the lost. And we just confess today that we are more lost than we realize. Help us to find you today, to believe and to follow. And Lord, I pray that today might be that day, that we allow that that day that changed everything to actually change everything for us. Give us that kind of faith today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.